Hey everyone, welcome to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of October 17th. I'm Alan and John, Alex, and I are back in the studio this week to continue a conversation that, guys, we started on hearing the voice of God. And the last time we were talking, we really were looking at more of the everyday. How do we hear God's voice in the everyday moments of life and the decisions we have to make about travel or family time together, vacations, that type thing. But this week, we're going to go a level deeper and talk about how do we hear the voice of God when the stakes are higher in the really big moments of life. And John, before we do that, I just thought it'd be great. I love the the way you've been beginning each of the podcasts recently with a pause. And so take us into just a brief pause before we start this conversation, please. So we're gonna take a moment, as we've been doing, to first just give everyone and everything to God. Just gonna release everyone and everything to Jesus. Your day, what's ahead, what's just happened. Just take a moment and release it all. And now we just pray, Jesus, heal my union with you. Restore our union, Lord. Meet me here today. Nourish me. Strengthen me. Yes, through the stories, through the teaching, but mostly through your presence, God. Meet me here. Nourish me here. I need you, God. So last week we were sharing stories about how God um, can buy you so much margin by saying things like, you don't need to take that trip or yeah, take that trip, but go here instead of there. And things like, no, 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 don't add another event onto what you're doing in in Europe, John. And just the emotional margin Mm -hmm. when he simply says, hey, you're gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be fine. And then you don't live with all that speculation, anticipation. We were talking about stories of play as well, God inviting us into play. And oh my goodness, so many, so many family stories of that for us over the years. Trips I would never have taken, things that we would never have done had we not asked. And God brings joy unlooked for, joy we didn't even know. Luke Last spring, Luke finished his MFA, graduated from grad school three years up at CSU, and I wanted to do a special trip with him, but it was it was unplanned. It was last minute. I felt like, oh, if we're going to do, he loves to fly fish. So I thought, if we're going to do something special, fly. I missed it. I missed the opportunity. And Jesus is like, no, 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 just ask me. Mm-hmm. And I'm flipping through a catalog of, of fly fishing opportunities and lodges and places. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds here in the Rocky Mountain West, and I don't know. And he just goes, that one. <laughs> like literally almost like he was pointing to a picture on a page and there was a picture on the page and I kind of read the description and I'm like oh yeah that place I actually yeah okay and I call we get the last slot yeah because I was late wow. and uh, we had an awesome time and it was such a blessing to him and just the the unlooked for joy yeah had I not asked we would have missed it uh, on so many things over the years but 
I want to turn the corner this week to bigger stuff, relational stuff, career stuff, life stuff, you know, some some of the like what we would call like the weightier Mm -hmm. listening to the voice of God. And I I need to preface this by saying, please don't start here, friends. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is what most people do is is they wait until there's a really humongous issue on the table or diagnosis or, you know, opportunity, crisis. Right. And they ask, and it's very, very hard to hear on the big stuff because, you know, the emotion's high, the drama's high, the pressure's high. I wouldn't recommend starting here. Mm Mm-hmm. But by all means, let's get to the place where having practiced hearing the voice of God, he can speak into bigger situations, critical situations, what what might be life-shaping or relationship-changing situations. Are you thinking of a couple of those? Yeah. um, So for me, um, one instance of a time listening to God on, you know, and at the time, I don't, I don't know if I'd describe it as feeling super weighty, but it's turned into something that's been weighty in my life. That's how I describe that. Mel and I early when we had had Eli and Zoe and Isaac, so we had all three kids and we knew we were finished (laughs) at that point having children and we got some time away together and we just really felt prompted by God like to spend some time praying over over the three kids and doing some listening and just asking God what like you've given us these kids mm. what do we need to know as we parent them and the rest of their life like what are your words for us so it was that's beautiful so it's, so there was there was definitely significance in that way like it, it, it was a weighty question i guess but as we were listening one of the things i heard and i heard it um in particular to one of the kids but it really it really i also had the sense that god was saying this more broadly particularly for me and and he said, um, delight in what they delight in. And that single sentence has lived with me through, well, so Isaac's 14 now. So um, 14 years, right, from our youngest. Yeah, but your um, older kids on. are in yeah, so older e- now. Eli's now 20, yeah. Zoe's 18, and they've they've kind of launched into life somewhat now. And it's just been this guiding force that has rescued me over and over. When I find myself going, I don't know how to connect with the kids or I don't know how to engage in their life, that always comes back to me, delight in what they delight in. And and it's been this kind of stake in the ground that God put for me that's helped guide me. And, mm. and being their dad mm. and uh, has brought and, a lot of fruit. In, in, in particular, I'm thinking of your story with Zoe and the yeah. dancing and how yeah. you, you had kind of gotten to the place where you're like, hey, the, these dresses are getting uh-huh. expensive yeah. and I, maybe yeah. she's kind of done with this with this little girl thing. Yes, yeah, on the Wild at Heart experience. If you haven't watched that, you can watch that story on there um, of the story between Zoe and I. But yeah, that, w- that was a... 
that was one of those pivotal moments in Zoe's life. And that word came back to me of delight in what she delights in. And I was so, I was right on that edge of, you know, so I think we're done with this dance thing. It's too expensive. Like this isn't, you know, don't know that this is for our family. Like I was ready to couch it in what's good for the whole family. Yeah. And God caught me and he's like, hey, remember that thing? Delight in what they delight in. Oh, you want me to delight in the dance? And so I did. And oh, oh my gosh, like the stories that have unfolded as I've talked about. And, uh, you know, so he's gone to some amazing places with that. God's opened some really cool doors. So she, she's been to the world championship. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's been to nationals and scored. Yeah. yeah. She's not, she's number 14 in the world right now in her age group and she's number number two in the US. She, um, or in North America actually, so Mexico, Canada, US. Um, and that's only because a girl from Ireland came over and beat her at the North American championships. <laughs> so it wasn't even a North American. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, like man um, and, and who she's become because of that. Mm. Like, um, in, in our relationship, like I, I really would have, mm. I would have done some damage mm. to our relationship. Um, not that God couldn't have redeemed that, but I'm, I'm sure glad he didn't have to. Mm. You had a really good word last week, Alex, when you said, you know, there's a lot of times I don't ask God and he's still guiding me. He's yeah. still in my life. He's, yeah. he's still shaping things. I, I do want to say that friends, yeah. like as we're as we're raising issues in the hearts of our listeners going, oh my gosh, my kids, or oh my goodness, my career, or mm -hmm. whoa, that yeah. trip, or, you know, just all these questions. Oh, yeah. God is with us. Yeah. Emmanuel, lo, I am with you always. Mm. So we're not saying that this is the only way to live. This is, if you don't do this, you're hosed. You know, <laughs> yes. it's going to be an absolute train wreck. God can speak in many ways. And I'll say some more about that in a moment. But speaking of daughters, Alan, you, you went through a pretty big crisis. Right. That it's required listening. It required listening. It was... I felt like I had no idea how to bring a strength to the situation. And I knew my daughter needed a, a rescue in the situation, but I needed a rescue as her father to try to figure out how not to, to blow things up further. And uh, without going into too many of the details, because I just want to honor her privacy and story, but um, it was her first year in college. And she had been through some series of betrayals and other things in relationships leading up to that first year that had been really hard on her heart. And so she's now in a new environment, new state, uh, freshman year in college, and she's always loved sports. And so she was helping coach one of the college's sports teams um, as a volunteer, and that was bringing her some joy back. And then out of the blue, some of the other people on that staff who were college students began to accuse her of things she had not done that were so over the top that 
you know, you wouldn't even believe it. I mean, it'd be hard to fathom it could have even ever happened and none of it had happened. And so they brought her in, said, this is what you've done and you're off the team. Mm. And she didn't know how to respond, but she didn't want to, other than saying I didn't do anything, but she didn't feel like there was anybody to be her ally or support and she didn't want to make a bigger deal of it. And so she just stepped aside from that and it really stole a lot of her remaining joy because I'm in this new environment, rumors are spreading, Mm. I didn't do anything, but I don't want to make it worse by trying to fight it. I don't know what to do. And so as her dad, you know, I'm ready to, I'll drive down and, and I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to set this right. I'll find the people, I'll confront, I'll have conversations, I'll make it right. And she was like, no, don't do that. And it was so hard for me to honor. I wanted to honor her, but I wanted to fix it. I wanted to fix it for her. And God was like, no, you you need you need to go according to her invitation, not around her, not beyond her. You have to go with her in this. And so, guys, I it was the one of the hardest things to just sit what felt like passively, but I knew it wasn't passive. I knew mm-hmm. God was in it, but it felt passive. And this went on for over a month. And I mean, every day I mm. wake up like, today I want to do something. And God was like, you have to wait. And so finally she was in town over a break. And So could I just clarify? Yeah. So day to day through an entire month, you know, at least week to week, you're checking in with God. Right. Saying, please can I intervene now? <laughs> and I he, was, he's well, saying, hang on, tiger. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it was more of a, I was even... God, I think I'm going to do it today unless you tell me no. Like I was trying to get my in however I could to make this right in my flesh. But I knew it was no. And and he he would say no. He would say no. And she would say no. And so we're a month later or so, a little over a month, having coffee one morning when she's in town for a break. And she started to tell me about how heavy this was for her and started tearing up. We're at a coffee shop and she's, you know, just saying this, nothing has hurt me more than this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, God, I, and God's like, just sit. And so I I did. And I just listened. And uh, then I asked her after she finished, there was silence. And I said, "Um, what would you like to happen? And she goes, now do something. Mm. And she said, but dad, don't blow it up. Like, <laughs> she's like, you have to promise me you're not going to explode this thing uh, like a bull in a china shop, mm-hmm. which she wasn't, that wasn't an unfounded comment because I, when I try to make things right in my flesh, you know, there are like, they're shrapnel mm. in terms of after effect. And, and so I said, I promise you, I won't do that. I will just call the head coach, if that's okay with you, mm. and talk to him. And she's like, Dad, he doesn't know who I am, and he doesn't. He's so busy in the season. He's not going to care about me. He doesn't know me. He's. I don't. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. It's just I'm irrelevant. I think. And I said, Would you let me try? 
I think God's in this uh, and, and me talking to the coach. And she said, okay. And so next day she goes back to school and I'm thinking, you know, I hope I can even get through to the head coach because this is their prime season, prime sport. Mm. And he's a busy man and I don't know him. I don't know, like, I hope this will work because now I've got permission from her and from God. And uh, so the next morning, God just said, it's time, call. So I call the school. <laughs> like the university is, is kind of like saying, can I talk to the head coach of <laughs> and thinking they're not going to do that. And, and she's like, please hold. And so I'm able to leave a message, voicemail message. And then we had, it was uh, a Tuesday and we had a team prayer, our team gathering. And I get back from that and I've got a message from the coach saying, I'm so sorry. I know who your daughter is. I really like your daughter, respect her. And as a dad and as a believer, this is not okay. And I will fight for your daughter. I will make this right. Mm -hmm. And within short order, he was meeting with her hmm. and restored the opportunity for her to come back if she wanted that position back. And she prayed about it and decided, yes, I do, and is still in that role hmm. a year later. Hmm. But... I say all that um, to say, I, I, guys, I would have blown it up. I would have not only blown up the situation, but I would have probably blown up part of my relationship with her if I had done it in the way that everything in me wanted to do, which is just protect, but protect in a loud mm -hmm. way. And instead, I was able to show her a gentle strength of her dad and also that God's heart was for her and she got to see the head coach's heart was for her and it wouldn't have happened in my way. Um, so that's, you know, when we walk with God, when we listen to him, like in the big issues, sometimes it feels like if I don't do something, all is lost. And to be able to go actually with God his way is going to be the way that's going to make everything better, but mm -hmm. I have to. I have to go at his pace. Yeah. One of the big decisions recently for me, career type decisions. I, I was actually ready to be done with my publishing career. I've had a great run. I've had a number of really wonderful books. I've loved it. Mm -hmm. I love parts of it. There's a whole side to publishing <laughs> I don't love, but. Um, <laughs> But I really, I, I was partly just tired and I was under a lot of warfare, but it was time to write the book that would become resilient. And I asked Jesus probably seven times, mm. please let me cancel this contract, please. And he would just say, hang on, pal, hang on. I'm with you. I'm in this. And I really at the time, so this was COVID. This is 2020. Like, yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm in the global trauma the rest of the world is in, you know, the politics and da-da-da and all, every, all the depletion that we've been talking about. I was in the thick of it. So, like, I got nothing. I got to write a book. And mm -hmm. he just kept saying, don't react. If I could put words now to what he was trying to explain to me, John, you're under more than you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This isn't even your true heart. Mm -hmm. 
that you're feeling right now, because I was just under, obviously the enemy's trying to shut this down, yes. right? So, I think seven times I asked him and he just said, hang on, I'm with you, I'm in this. And I finally came out, you know, we identified some of the warfare, we prayed about it as a team. You know, I, I got out from some of just that cloud yeah. of it's over. Because we were talking back then about death in the world yeah. and death not so mm -hmm, much, mm -hmm. uh, not only as physical, but we were describing this death that was rolling through the world of, quote, the end of things. Right. And just feeling, a lot of people were feeling like it's over in a relationship. It's over for me, you know, in my dreams. It's a, There was a lot of that, still is a lot of that because that death thing is still going around. But yes. didn't know I was under that, so wanted to do it. But I asked, and I listened. I said, okay, all right, all right, okay. And then he provides resilient. We do it together. Mm -hmm. And and now it's a, a message that's helping our team. Yeah. <laughs> it's helping It's helping right here and, and a lot of other places. Yeah. When the timing of it, John, it felt like, had you just plowed through in your own strength and tried to turn something in to get it done, and it would have come out earlier, but by waiting and by listening and walking with God, what you ended up creating, and then when it came out, felt like it was the perfect moment in time, not late. Yeah, see, even there, I was more, under more accusation of, no, mm -hmm. Lord, you don't understand. Every month I wait, I'm blowing it because we're now missing the opportunity and it's gonna come out late and, and yeah. it's gonna be summer of 22 and you don't release books in the summer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so even there was a rescue we didn't know was coming. Yeah, and it's it's been probably one of your most prolific releases, like the amount of time we've been able to see it yeah. out in the market. Yeah. Like, it's been yeah. more prolific in those first months than almost anything you've written. Yeah. So of late, people are right. needing it. Yeah, people are really responding. Yeah. And I, I could tell so many of those kind of big issue questions going right back to the start of the ministry where Jesus tells mm -hmm. me to quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all these wild moments of Stacy and I doing listening prayer together that led to the birth of this and led to the hiring of each of you. And yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah, I wanna, I wanna pause let folks process for a moment and then come back. Hearing from God is such a beautiful, beautiful part of our intimacy with him, our life with him. And it's it's so necessary yes. for navigating a really difficult world, a sometimes confusing world, and frankly, sometimes a very dangerous world that, of course, this would be assaulted. Of course, this would be difficult. And so, folks, this is deeply Biblical. This is deeply 
scriptural. We are not making this up. This is literally woven into the fabric of the scriptures. It is so central to the biblical narrative, literally from the Garden of Eden Mm. to the book of Revelation. You have Adam and Eve walking with God, hearing his voice, right? Adam, where are you? Well, that wasn't the first time they heard his voice. That was the norm, (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay? And then all the way to John, who's writing the book of Revelation, and he hears all kinds of stuff from God, including in Revelation 3, Jesus saying, I stand at the door and knock, friends. Anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And so if you just look at the fabric and the essence of the biblical narrative, this is core. But let me read a couple of my favorite stories um, very quickly. The first passage is from the book of Acts. Okay, so this is Acts chapter 9. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. Now, this isn't the famous Ananias and Sapphira uh, who, you know, deceive the church and and there's corruption and, and they die for it. That This is just a guy, okay? This is like Joe, you know. In Damascus, there is a guy named Joe. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord. He answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. Different Judas, by the way, okay? And ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house. Now, what I, what I love about this story, first off, everybody, this isn't an apostle. This isn't a famous guy. You ne- he, ne- he doesn't appear ever again in the biblical narrative. He's just a guy yes. who is a friend of God living in Damascus, but he has an intimate relationship with Jesus because you hear that back and forth. Jesus tells him to go pray for Saul, and he's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. No. <laughs> you know, right. I, okay, yeah. so that's one example. Let's jump back to the Old Testament, famous story of David um, leading the armies of Israel through a really difficult period in Israel's history. So this is 2 Samuel chapter 5. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. 
So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Again, you just see this is a very a common interaction between David and Jesus, and it's interactive, right? It's back and forth, right. the listening prayer, conversational intimacy. Folks, this is so deep in the nature of what it means to be a daughter or a son of God. I mean, just ask yourselves, what relationship could survive if one of the partners in the relationship decided that they're not going to talk to you anymore? I mean, there's no friendship that could survive. There's no marriage that could survive that. So, you know, we could go into, look at John 10, look at Revelation 3, look at Hebrews chapter 4. Yeah. Um, but just look at the nature of relationship. Look at the nature of a communicating God. Look at the biblical narrative. And what Dallas would say is this. He would say the Bible is a reliable record of what it looks like to walk with God. So before we go, I want to offer a few more um, just kind of tips, kind of suggestions, and I also, I guess, some wisdom. So as we've been talking about, don't start with the big stuff. Start with small things. Don't wait till, you know, you just get the really serious diagnosis or your daughter runs away or something major happens. Don't wait till then to begin practicing this. It's very difficult to hear the voice of God when your stress is high, when the stakes are high, or when there's a lot of drama. So this is something like learning to read, learning to drive, learning to ride a bike, play an instrument. You practice. You practice in the small ways. Practice in small ways with little, little questions, where if you get it wrong, the consequences aren't very big. Ask the Holy Spirit for his help. We need the Holy Spirit's help. Give me eyes to see, Holy Spirit. Give me ears to hear. I pray that you would open my ears. Jesus used that, that expression quite a bit, he who has ears to hear. Well, Lord, grant me ears to hear. I pray you'd open up Holy Spirit, the faculty of both hearing and also seeing in the kingdom of God. I want to I hear the voice of God. I want to see what you're revealing. And then it also helps, it really does help to practice with someone else. Because of the whole drama, stress, pressure thing, it is almost always easier to hear the voice of God for someone else than it is to hear it for yourself. You know, even on very simple things like I love you, you know, we, we're all just working through so much of the, the wounding and the trauma of our own story that it's easier for someone else to hear loving words from God for us often than it is for us to hear them at first for ourselves. So it's just, it's just a good idea to practice in small things, ask the Holy Spirit for his help. Practice with someone else if you, if you can. And then when it comes to the big stuff, I do want to say test. Test the big stuff. Like if you get a, quote, revelation from God or guidance from God that has big implications, you know, you hear the 
quit your job or it's time to sell the house or, or he says, it's, now's the time for the big move or, you know, you do want to test those things. Um, the enemy knows how precious this is. Of course, he's going to try and confuse it, confound it, damage it. You know, I was just thinking about the, in war, one of the most dangerous personnel positions to have is is the communications guy. Like in World War II, in Korea and in Vietnam, the guys that had the big antennas on their back, they were carrying the, yes. the radio packs. You did not want to be that guy because they know, take out the communications. Mm. So of course the enemy is gonna come after that. So in confusing things, in weighty things, yes, give it some time. Involve your spouse or your pastor, your priest, and, and involve a friend, and especially ask for confirmation. Ask for con- God will God will do this for you. He's done this for me many, many times where we got what we felt like was a very significant word from God. I'm actually sitting on a couple right now that I'm not quite sure what to do with yet. So I'm asking for confirmation and he'll bring it, you know, you'll hear a sermon and you'll go, oh my gosh, there's a confirmation. Yes. Or you'll you'll read scripture and you go, oh, there it is. Or someone will come to you and say, hey, I've been praying for you. And I really felt like, and they then they lay out literally what you just heard from the Lord. Right, Okay. Yes. I had a time of listening prayer just a couple of weeks ago and it was very important it was one of those very significant times. So I had worship playing in the background and the Lord spoke to me a couple very significant things. And literally, as he said the words, the worship song said the exact same words. Whoa. So I, I knew, yeah. yeah, at that point that, okay, this this is God. Yeah, and I had something just recently um, this week where there was a, I saw a scene in my mind's eye that felt like a vision and it was a disturbing vision of something in the future. And John, I right now am still processing, coming to God saying, God, was that you giving me an advance heads up or is that the enemy trying to infuse fear into a situation. Yes. And at, at this point, like in our conversation right now, I don't know. Yes. But you have counseled me and the team over the years and podcast listeners have heard you say the great thing to do in that situation is say, God, let there be light. Let there be light. Like those four words uh, have been a rescue to me so many times. So that's what I'm praying now. God, let there be light. Like I, I don't know if this is from you. And if so, then I want to take it one way. And if it's from the enemy and it's fear-based, then I, do, I want to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first command in scriptures, the first sort of proclamation, right? Genesis chapter one, let there be light. And then the psalmist says, in your light, O Lord, we see the light. In, in other words, we get it. We, we, so often we will pray, we invoke the light of heaven, we invoke the light of God. Shine your light into this, Lord. Expose this. What is this? This is really important when you do get significant words uh, or, you know, words about your identity, words about the relationship, words about your future. 
that you do want to test these things and you do want to ask for confirmation, but also it's very, very helpful to ask the next question. So what you're asking, you know, you're saying, okay, Lord, I see this. What are you saying? Like, don't just assume the interpretation <laughs> right, right. is what most people do. Yeah. They, they, we assume the interpretation, ask for interpretation, get other people involved in that. You know, with those words that people get where it's, you know, time to sell the house or I, I have a new job for you or now is the time, you know, Jesus will say things like that. But he's often intriguing because he wants you to inquire. And so, gang, ask the next question, you know, it's time to quit. It's time to sell. You ask when, hmm. when, and, and he goes, oh, two years from now. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, just a couple more things before we go. People often, it, it is not uncommon at all to experience silence. And it doesn't mean the relationship is somehow harmed or not working or you're in a bad place or... Either the enemy is jamming the signals, and so I'll often stop and pray and just say, okay, Lord, right now, if something's in the way of this, I, I bring the blood of Christ against every attempt of the enemy to jam communications here. I bring the blood of Christ, the victory of Jesus against every attempt of my enemy to harm my intimacy with you or to harm my ability to hear what you're saying and to see what you're showing me. Or sometimes if the silence continues, change the question, gang. This is so helpful. Change the question. Go, okay, Lord, you, apparently you're not speaking into that right now. There's a couple things he is not speaking in, into my life right now. And it's very, it's very playful. It's a little frustrating, but I can tell he's he's he keeps inviting me into times with him. Change the question and say, okay, Lord, if you're not answering that, what do you want to answer? You know, he's not talking That's to good. you right now about your calling or your relationship or if it's time to marry or, you know. Then you stop and you say, okay, what do you want to speak to? Because this is all about the relationship. It's all about the intimacy, right? Jesus, Jesus, when he says in Revelation 3, if you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and we'll have a meal together. In other words, it's about intimacy. And so before I'll do listening prayer, particularly for weighty things, I'll just spend some time with God, put on some worship, listen to a good, you know, like a 30-day session or read a devotional, read some scripture. Like you need to kind of tune in to the intimacy. I love you, God. I love you, Lord. I love you. Don't try and listen from a place of stress, <laughs> a place of totally spun up or wound up. Like, okay, I surrender. I surrender, Lord the need to hear, the answer, the answer I want to hear. I just come for the intimacy. I just want the intimacy. So I love you. I worship you. And then, and then I ask, and then I say, Lord, what are you saying? Speak to me, dear Jesus. Speak to me, Father. So John and Alex, as we wrap up, I just want to offer something to the listener. And that is, if this sounds a little bit daunting, the, the stories you've heard about 
conversation with God and and just inviting him into both the big and the small aspects of life through hearing his voice, I really encourage everyone to just get into um, John's book, Walking with God. That book, John, I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here, that, that book changed my life from praying to God is the only way of communicating that I had with God to walking in really intimacy in conversations, expectancy of hearing his voice. And it's a great book that that shows you how to do that. It um, takes you through a year of kind of your journals of going through God in different seasons of life. So that's a phenomenal resource. If it's something that you're interested in, listeners, and you haven't read yet or haven't read in a while, get that book and go through it this fall. You'll be so glad you did. And we will be back next week on the Wild at Heart podcast. Hope you'll join us then. 